0: This podcast is proudly part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcast Network. If you'd like to check out more Kaiju and tokusatsu goodness, go to kaijuramenmedia.com. Him? Shin!
1: Standing by. Grah, 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 grah. Complete. Grah.
0: Greetings, heroes of the internet. I'm Travis, and I'm Nathan, and we are the Henshin Men, a podcast that celebrates Japanese superheroes and their high-flying and high-kicking adventures. In this
2: installment, we will be discussing Kamen Rider episodes sixty-four and sixty-five.
1: The monstrous Cicada Minga Song of Slaughter, Kaijin Semiminga Mina Koroshi no Uta. Hongo stumbles upon some kids in the woods, one of whom says he was attacked by a cicada monster. Team Rider investigates and discovers it is Shocker's new Kaijin, Cicada Minga, who emits killer sound waves and eats people. Now they race to find the Shocker Tower, where the monster's murderous song will be broadcast into Tokyo to kill millions.
2: This is only kind of related to what we're talking about today, but I think we may have potentially stumbled upon a very momentous episode. This episode is all about life, the universe, and everything.
0: Yes, exactly. Thank you for all the fish. So long, and thank you yes. for all the fish.
2: Mm-hmm. We also need to play our Nintendo 64s. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully everyone gets all the number jokes. <laughs>
0: Uh just wait till we get to episode 69. Um anyway. <laughs> uh 69 of Cover Writer or 69 of our show. I don't think this show's <laughs> going to survive to episode 69. I really don't.
2: <laughs>
0: I don't appreciate
2: this vote of no confidence. <laughs> Oh, man. (laughs) I will make it last until then just for the jokes. (laughs) Either that or we need to have our friend Elijah on because he has things that uh, would be uh, appropriate for such a number. I I just no, no,
0: (laughs) no, no. We're not covering Sexy Rangers on this podcast.
2: We could do Sexy Rangers.
0: I thought that's what you were talking about. No, no, I'm not talking about that. No, I, d- I, I don't want to know. I, I, I will probably cut all of this. Uh, out of the all, he
2: also found he also found one called Venus Rangers that I can't find anywhere.
0: Anyway, so moving mor- on. Comic writer. The moral <laughs> of the story is: don't be mean to children, or shocker will get you. <laughs>
2: If that's the next no it's this episode and then the it's next, this
0: episode child abuse there's a lot of child abuse this week i mean <laughs> yeah <laughs> but is it is there is, is there any more than what there has been in the past yeah we kind of got children of the shock horn too this is more like Children of the Shock Corn, like four or five at this point. They've done, definitely <laughs> done this.
2: We've gotten pretty far down in the franchise at this point. <laughs> and I just, I love it. I love it. You know, what? there's a lot. This just shows you how different a time and place 1970s Japan is because in both of the, here's another running through line in this week's episodes, unsupervised children.
0: Yeah, well, the thing is, and I, and I I don't know, I don't know if it's still a thing, but I know that for a long time in Japanese culture, there was this, there was a lot of children who just didn't have a lot of supervision after school because their parents were working. And so they were kind of left to Magic their own devices. devices. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
2: I understand that, but it's still so incredibly bizarre that there are no adults watching these children, and I I mean, I get it. You don't want to be helicopter parents necessarily, but then your children get attacked by shocker kaijin or kidnapped. Yeah. Just saying.
0: Yeah. Just saying. Also, speaking of a different time and place, Hongo's outfit in this episode that we're talking about <laughs> head to toe denim with the flare denim denim, denim 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 denim
2: you ever heard the joke what co- What kind of pants do, does uh super mario wear denim yeah denim, what color what
0: color is mario's overalls denim 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 <laughs> denim denim, denim. <laughs> no, no 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 that's uh, no no that, that gets sad trombone I'm sorry, I can't rim shot
2: that. Although the joke only works when you tell it to people, not when you write it out. But anyway,
0: right, so yes, yeah. denim,
2: head-to-toe denim. He's very with, 70s.
0: With the flared pants, you know, the bell-bottom pants.
2: Yep. It's only slightly less gaudy 70s than the, the, the crazy-frilled cowboy outfit that Taki had about 30 episodes ago.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, I love it. I loved it. <laughs> oh, so 70s. I mean, look, denim is one of those things that just transcends time and space. We know that even in a galaxy far, far away, they have denim because it appeared in, in Star Wars. So,
2: <laughs> Oh, I thought you were going to say Star Crash for a second, but okay.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Aunt Baru, Aunt Baru in the original Star that's Wars true. wore a denim jacket, yes. so... <laughs>
2: that is true that is uh, that is very true so do we want to talk about our kaijin of the week one of the most japanese i feel like one of the most japanese of kaijin that we've had in a while because it's cicada now i know we have cicadas in the united states but cicadas are a really big deal in japan
0: huge deal they are they're they're not as big of a deal as the animal that the next episode is based on the kaijin is based on those are a bigger deal in japan no i actually i don't know Mm -hmm. i I always i always associate cicadas because i'm from america i always associate with the south because we have a lot of cicadas here in the south and and Uh, we
2: uh, we have them in the midwest too
0: yeah, but at night, oh man, you can just sit on the porch and just listen to cicadas with, with mm-hmm. a with a glass of sweet tea and just mm-hmm. yeah. Oh, they're so That they're...
2: has to be the most southern thing you've told me in a long time.
0: Well, oh. look at here, boy. We <laughs> I like to sit oh. on my porch with my doggy and we like to <laughs> sit and listen to the bugs and watch the lightning <laughs> bugs.
2: And then those Duke boys go and ruin everything.
0: (laughs) Just the good old boys never (laughs) meaning no harm.
2: (laughs) Oh, boy. We're all over the place today. But yeah, Cicada Minga, who has a power that is kind of horrifying that he does once and never does again. And that's it's just award. weird.
0: That's part of my awards. I don't want to. Yeah, we'll talk it about it later. I have to talk about it in the awards. Yeah, we
2: have to talk about that. But they do go with the obvious power, which is he has killer sound waves. In fact, there's yes. even a line. He even has a line that almost got the award for you know the you Award this week, where he says the killer sound waves killed him. And I just wrote, well, I would hope so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> now I have. <laughs> They're
2: not killer sound waves if they don't kill people, right? <laughs> right. He also kind of sings. You, instead of doing the normal weird shocker noises, he literally just goes around saying me 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 mm, <dormirmermermermergence> <laughs> me, me, <sharp st mammals> <laughs> me 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 just because I felt like being up twos.
0: <laughs> now, I, I am a big animal nerd uh, and science nerd when it comes to like biology and, and zoology and stuff like that. I do love learning that kind of stuff. So I have some fun facts for you about cicadas that kind of oh, ties no. into what we're talking about here. Okay. What do you got? Okay. Right, so here's an interesting note. Uh, About cicadas. So cicadas can generate songs as loud as 120 decibels. That's the, you know, some of the bigger species of cicadas can, can do 120 decibels. That's the same level as a gunshot or an airplane taking off.
2: Loud little buggers, aren't they?
0: Yeah. Now here's what's funny. Just to put that in context, 120 decibels. What does that mean? Anything over 85 decibels becomes dangerous to the human ears if you're exposed to it for more than eight hours. And if anything over 100 decibels is dangerous if you're exposed to it for only 15 minutes. And it says at 120 decibels, even at a few seconds, if the human ear is exposed to 120 decibels for just a few seconds, it can actually cause permanent hearing loss.
2: And how did my ears not explode when I went to a metal show a few mo- uh, a month or so ago? Because I didn't take I didn't take earplugs because I didn't think oh it won't get that loud. Yeah. My eardrums were rattling for about twelve hours after that.
0: Yeah, uh, well, a, a normal rock concert like like your standard rock concert is usually like a hundred to one hundred and ten decibels, so it that can <laughs> actually cause hearing loss if it, you're exposed for a long time to it but also depending on how close you are to the speakers and things like that but but generally they're around 100 to 110 decibels
2: yeah oh, you know, uh, he says this as nate turns down his headphones a little bit right <laughs> i know
0: <laughs> now
2: what just to what, be safe
0: There's an interesting thing that cicadas do that I thought was that I just find extremely fascinating. And this is the whole reason I brought this segment up about these fun facts, because I learned this about cicadas and I think it is the coolest thing. Cicadas have ears, too, like, you know, most living things. So how do they not go deaf from their own sound? Mm hmm they actually have a way, a mechanism in their body that actually turns their hearing off while they're making their sound. Wow. So there's a, there's a membrane that they have in their body that, that it allows them to feel vibrations and translate that into sound. And so that's how they hear things. And that membrane is being held by a, a ligament and the ligament actually can detach from it And leave it to where they don't actually take in the auditory information while they're actually singing their song or else they would actually cause their own hearing loss.
2: That's amazing.
0: I just think that is the coolest thing. Like they would make themselves go deaf if they didn't purposely go deaf to avoid going deaf (laughs) sort of type thing. It's just it's so cool.
2: Yeah. But you know what's not cool? Cicada Minga literally standing there and letting Hongo transform. Come on.
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, we got it. You got to see it.
2: That was implied with the other Kaijin of the week. But now we literally see him stand there in the camera shot watching him yeah. tra- do his pose. Yeah. I'm like, come on, man.
0: <laughs> well, you you know, you know something that cicadas don't do. Yeah. You know, I, I talk about the fun things that cicadas do. You know what a, a thing that cicadas don't do—they don't drink blood, which is what Cicada Minga does in this episode. <laughs> uh,
2: like I said, th- thats a power that was weird. And then he does it, yeah, does it once, never does it again. I'm Like that was kind of horrifying. But you're not—you're
0: not, you're not going to follow up on that. You're not? I mean, it wouldn't—it wouldn't be a shocker okay. monster if we didn't have blood involved somehow.
2: At this point, yeah. yeah. (laughs) He didn't get one of the he tried to get one of the children. He wanted one of the children and I'm sure he would have sucked that poor child's blood, but he had to settle for a random hiker dude.
0: Yep. (laughs) He's
2: probably sitting there going like, when do I get the puppies? (laughs) (laughs)
0: I'll take the Uh, bunnies. The bunnies are good too. Oh, man. I, you know what, something that we, and I, I didn't notice until after I finished watching both episodes and I thought about it, but something we don't get in either episode that we're talking about this week is quarries.
2: No, we don't. And I'm very grateful for that. Although we get a lot of woods.
0: Yeah, we get a lot of wood, a lot of forests, and we get a lumber yard, which has a lot of wood in it.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> If there ever was a show that could potentially be a travelogue for Japan, this might be it. This is like the Lord of the Rings of Japan showing off all of its landscapes. <laughs> Pretty scenery. <laughs> there you go. I just I said it. Common Writer, 1971. The Lord of the Rings of Japan <laughs> It's showing off all of all the prettiest places.
0: <laughs> yeah. So does that make Tachibana Gandalf?
2: Yes. Fly, you
0: fool! <laughs> Shin, you fool!
2: And, and so, the, and the shocker, le- the shocker leader is and Saruman, Sauron, and not Sauron,
0: Sauron. Yeah, Sauron. uh I don't know what. Oh, the- oh, it would be Dr. Shinigami as Sauron. Sauron. Yes, has, he has that Christopher Lee, uh, like vibe about him.
2: <laughs> yes, he does. Yes, he does. But uh, so does does that mean the writer, uh, are the writer girls the hobbits? We're taking the writer girls to Isengard. (laughs) (laughs) So, so who's Aragorn, Hayato or Hongo? (laughs)
0: Oh, no. Oh, Taki, Taki.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's got to be one of the writers. He's got to be Aragorn. Uh,
0: Okay, okay. No, Taki Taki is Samwise. You said Taki is Samwise. (laughs) Hongo is Bilbo. Because <laughs> he's older. I guess. Oh. <laughs> oh, gosh.
2: Common writer, Lord of the Rings. This,
0: this is why people of the tuned li- in to writer, <laughs> writer of the Rings! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Toei, we have your next season of although I think that I think Common Rider Saber was a lot of this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> although,
2: I mean, I came across some pretty interesting names when I played that game on Kaiju Weekly this week with <laughs> those oh, yeah. racehorse names. But, but, you know, that could be the titles of something. But anyway, the Cicada Minga. And uh, apparently there is a plan to murder people with sound waves. He can murder people with sound waves. Yes. I'd like to know if that's actually
0: possible. Yes, it is possible.
2: Yeah. I guess you could rattle, uh, I don't know, like rattle their brains hard enough, I suppose. Although it looked like in this, it was kind of like, it was like a Sonic, like a, kind of like a Sonic scream from, uh, from Black Canary, you know, that can actually inflict damage.
0: So it says sound can kill you in multiple ways. This is from Google. It says if we're talking about sounds within the human hearing frequency between 20 and 20,000 hertz, high intensity sounds above 150 decibels can burst your eardrums while sounds above 185 decibels can impact your inner organs and cause death. Oh, geez. Yeah,
2: well, the thing you got to remember is uh, people is that the decibel scale works a little bit differently than a lot of other scales, because even if it only you know, moves like five, uh, five decibels, that is actually an exponential increase.
0: Yeah, meaning it. So multiplies I by guess itself. that
2: means that that cicada Minga can uh, he can get louder than normal cicadas.
0: Well, yeah, because we said 120 is about as loud as they get. Some cicadas can go at a pitch uh, high enough that only dogs can hear them or, or like other animals, humans can't hear them. Uh-huh. But yeah, so here's here is the way that sound can kill you. So sound can kill you if it's above eight, 185 decibels. It can impact your, your inner organs by causing an air embolism in your lungs, affects the inner organs, or even make your lungs explode. We'll talk about exploding things in, in, in a, at the end of this when we're going over our awards. However, to instantly kill, to instantly kill someone, a sound would have to be as loud as 240 decibels, which is very hard to come by.
2: So Cicada Minka would have to be twice
0: as loud yes. as a
2: normal cicada.
0: Yes, twice as loud as a normal cicada.
2: Yeah, well, and as usual, because Hongo is a cyborg, he's somewhat immune.
0: Which doesn't make sense because he has heightened hearing, so shouldn't he be more sensitive? It's kind of the daredevil problem, isn't it?
2: Because I've seen that used against daredevils sometimes, where you know, if you make a loud enough noise around him, he can't handle it. Right? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That is a good question, but you know, that's. Not really the point here, but I do like their plan. Tracker's plan actually sounds pretty okay. good. You know, broadcast I'm, I'm this so, out.
0: For anybody who wants to know more information about sound and how sound is uh, used, how sound is measured, all this kind of stuff, I encourage you to check out Decibel Pro, which is what I found when I Googled. Decibel Pro was also where I found some information about the the actual levels of the cicadas. I knew, I knew cicadas were loud but i didn't know what specific numbers decibel pro gave that to me this is my favorite line from from here as far as exploding heads go you can expect that from sounds above 240 decibels so th- we're going to call that the black bolt level that's the black bolt level um of uh of it and yeah and uh <laughs> A hundred and fifty decibels is the is the sound that a rocket creates when it is being launched into space. Oh, okay. Which is why there needs to be a buffer zone around rocket launches and stuff, because the noise actually can injure you. Just the sound Mm -hmm. alone Mm -hmm. can injure you. Wow. I actually live not too far from a rocket testing facility that tests the they used to use. I don't know if they still do, but they te- they used to test the, the rockets that they used for uh, NASA. And there's a huge buffer zone around it because they have to have a huge buffer zone to prevent sound from. And even with the buffer zone, you can still hear it like all the way over where I live. So, yeah, that's wonderful. And, Weren't we talking about Kamen Writer? I know. I just find this stuff fascinating. You know, there's so many fascinating <laughs> things. Look, okay, you know the drill. Common Rider fights the Kaijin. He loses the first fight. He comes back. He fights again. They win. Whoop-de-doo. Okay, we well, know. Yeah, what
2: but yeah, I understand that. But we didn't <laughs> now, talk, talk about the, about the how plan, which was blow
0: your lungs out. <laughs>
2: OK, Oh yeah, but you know, I mean, we didn't talk about how the plan is kind of makes sense. Broadcast the sound out, murder a bunch of people, cause panic. It's kind of a yes. sound. Also, you know yes. how you know how well Cicada Minga is loud? He doesn't monologue. No, monologuing is too good for Cicada Minga. He rants. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he ranted so hard. It's like Shakespearean levels of ranting.
0: Now I, I did want to like how you meant, you did mention it, and and I will I will give this the this episode credit because I have been kind of harsh on the plans that Shocker has had lately, and mm-hmm. this plan actually was really smart. Use the sound to you know and and kill as many people as you can, and the people who are too far away to where the sound doesn't kill them would still be in a panic because so many people are dying and exploding.
2: Yep. <laughs> yep. Although. I, I do love, and this almost got the award. This almost got one of the awards this week. But Tachibana and the Rider Girls find the Shocker Tower first. But they had yeah. to make sure. So they have a Tachibana huddle and they make a little
0: plan there on the spot. And you know what their plan is? Have a pretend picnic. to go on a picnic. Yes. <laughs> they do a Rider Huddle. That's I called it a Rider Huddle. Cause they, they, they all gotten together into a <laughs> huddle and go like one, two, three, hut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Picnic. The shocker shocker gets undone by a picnic. I mean, yeah, but, but it, that was <laughs> it, at least was a smart plan it, of it, trying to.
2: it Yeah. Play. Although it does end how I would expect, how I expected. It just took longer than I thought it would. Cause I'm like, you know what? If I was the shocker goon after the first
0: refusal, I think I just would have killed all of them. But, <laughs> but also, the shocker goons—we've established that shocker knows who the Rider girls and Tachibana are. So if these people who you know are friends of common Rider show up, then obviously some you you capture them, which is what they do. Yeah, but, uh, you,
2: you know, this was this sh- this must this shocker goon must have been the new guy. He doesn't know about all of this yet. <laughs> it's like his first week on the job. <laughs> he's just trying to shoo annoying people. And then one of the other one of one of his buddies is just like you
1: E-R, you idiot. E-R,
2: E-R. Common writers friends. E-R, E-R, E-R. And then he goes over and he puts everyone into a sleeper
0: hole. <laughs>
2: he's not getting a very good evaluation. <laughs> at his 30 day
0: <laughs> right exactly
2: <laughs> assuming Common the- Rider didn't kill him in this episode we don't know right
0: <laughs> I don't know very many goons survive past their 30 days
2: <laughs> if, if you're a shocker goon and you get to you get to your 90-day evaluation that's good yeah very good yeah there's pretty Let's, high turnover in shocker mostly due to on work deaths
0: yeah being
2: used yeah, as you guinea just, pigs you just better hope sh- so honestly at this point hongo really wants to take out shocker don't go trying to fight them all the time and take and stop their evil plans no 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 no, no. you just sick osha on them they'll shut shocker down in 10 minutes
0: while we were talking about good plans i do want to highlight a neat plan that i thought was really brilliant in this So Hongo, we talked about how like Hongo uh, uh, loses the first fight with cicada Minga Mm -hmm. and he's injured. And so shocker actually follows him as he goes to the hospital. And so Hongo pretends to be paralyzed so that shocker believes he's actually injured to the point where he can't fight and they can, you know, now openly do whatever they want because yeah. haha we've won shot you know rider can't come after us i was
2: like that's actually pretty smart that is clever that is pre- that is pretty clever that i i've mentioned clever.
0: it before but i love especially with hongo they do it more with hongo than they did with hayato but hongo is such a you know intelligent person he's supposed to be a super genius and i love when he you know, iq of 300 right I'm, I'm love never going to forgive
2: he, that. Like, do you understand how IQ points
0: work? <laughs> I love when he uses his intelligence instead of just his powers to overcome things. And and this was a, another opportunity for him to use his intelligence to actually get one over on shocker. So I thought that was, yeah, it was really, really cool. I just, I love whenever that happens. And so I had to highlight that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, unless you have anything else, speaking of intelligence, <laughs> I think it's time we move on to the next episode. All right, transition.
1: The monstrous beetle professor and the shocker school. Kaijin Konchu Hakaseto Shoka Sukuru. Children are lured onto a microbus with the promise of hunting rhino beetles with Common Rider. Instead, they meet Rhino-Beetron, a kaijin professor carrying out Shocker's plan to start schools around the world to brainwash and indoctrinate children. Now Goro is sent undercover to infiltrate the Shocker school and help Hongo slash Common Rider find and destroy it.
0: So, Mrs. Frizzle kind of had a bad day today. Did she? <laughs> <laughs> the magic school bus didn't necessarily take the kids where they were expecting to go. <laughs> oh, no, no, that,
2: that was, uh, yeah, that. I, I didn't know that she was part of Shocker. I mean, the, they must have done some, bra- we're back to brainwashing again. <laughs> also, yeah, exactly. haven't we seen this before? Haven't we? Yes. Yeah, it's been yes. a while. Many nice, times. Nice try, show. Nice try. You think that just because it's been like 40 episodes, we're not going to remember this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. It's like you're pulling this again. But something else that also appears in this that we've mentioned before and I can't ever get enough of, we have in-universe Common Rider merchandise. And fans. And fans, of course. Kids love Common Rider. Yes. Oh my goodness. I love the little kid that had the common with the uh,
2: with the uh, with the baby cyclone that doesn't the have baby pedals
0: cyclone with tricycle. It was a tricycle. but It doesn't have pedals. Why doesn't I, I it have pedals? I don't know. The normal cyclone doesn't have pedals.
2: <laughs> but it's a motorcycle. This is a tiny bicycle. It needs <laughs> pedals.
0: Maybe it's motorized. <laughs> I thought I saw pedals on it. I think you just didn't see the pedals.
2: I uh, maybe I did. I was just like, I swear, in one scene it had pedals, and the next scene it didn't have pedals. That I was very concerned. I don't know what that kid's name is, but I have dubbed him the littlest common Kenny.
0: The littlest common Kenny. I loved him so much, and he gets. He gets abused by the other kids and they never oh, go God. back and apologize Oh God, that's in my him.
2: awards because that goes to some very weird and dark places.
0: And they never apologize for it. They never go back to him. They never show him again afterwards. And I'm like, this kid has just been traumatized and no one's going to go back and check on him and make sure he's okay. <laughs> The poor little kid. I don't know.
2: Uh, go, uh, go talk to Dr. Insect, or is it Beetle Professor? The subtitles can't agree. Beetle Professor.
0: I like Dr. Insect, because then that makes me think of Doctor Who, but as a bug.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I am Dr. Insect.
0: <laughs> I have the I powers the... of all insects. <laughs> My name is the Doctor. Doctor Insect <laughs> instead of Doctor Who, uh,
2: but uh, but honestly, the in-universe Common Rider fans, it does feel a little bit meta. I, it, Ultraman does this too. There's in-universe Ultraman merchandise. There's in-universe Ultraman fans, and they're all kids.
0: Right. And we've talked about this before because they have had Common Rider toys and Common Rider masks and Common Rider stuff in this. And, they, mm-hmm. and we had kids singing the Common Rider theme song in the, in the show. Mm-hmm. But this begs the question again that we always ask, how much does the public know about Shocker?
2: Yeah, because our heroes Taki and Hi- and Hongo do talk to the kids like, "Hey, are you gonna go get Shocker today?" I'm just like, "It's like,
0: oh, you're a common writer. You gonna go fight Shocker?" It's like, oh, do the kids know about Shocker? Why does nobody else know about Shocker? <laughs> because they're kids. I don't know. And we've established in this universe that no one believes the kids anyway, so.
2: Yeah, 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 apparently not. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're doing the Shocker school again. So their Shocker's plan is to st- like as we've seen them do this before, but now it's a big deal. It's apparently a big deal. This is going to be the first of a worldwide network of Shocker schools that they are going to use to brainwash and indoctrinate children so that the children grow up loyal to Shocker. This is both incredibly silly and topically terrifying.
0: (laughs) Also, kind of playing the long game, because, like, okay, we can't take over the world right now, but in 20 years, all these kids will be loyal to us, and we can take over the world that way.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So if, just in case you ever thought that your public school system was terrible... Just remember, it could be Shocker.
0: I think my school actually was a Shocker school. I just got (laughs) out of there fast enough. Your school
2: system was a front for Shocker? (laughs) It
0: feels like it sometimes. (laughs) Well, it's kind of
2: like how in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there uh, there was an episode that actually established that Radio Shack was a front for Hydra.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it makes sense.
2: And then not long after that episode, weirdly enough, not long after that episode aired, radio shack went out of business yeah yeah <laughs> so yes if you have a bad school system just blame it on shocker
0: i do want to talk a little bit about the kaijin for this week this this beetle this oh uh, this... the
2: unholy love child of megalon and a deer <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is kind of like that but i i his face his face i, I guess because it's painted bright red does he have a face Yes. Yeah. The bright red thing. He actually had almost like a man's face. Like he had a mouth, a nose and two eyes. Like he looked like it looked like a man's face. And so it's real To me, it actually looked a lot like an Oni mask. You know, you know, what an Oni mask is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, for so for listeners who don't know what an Oni mask is, Onis were like the the demons in Japanese folklore. So they're the red kind of masks that look like a person but have like sharp teeth and, you know, mm-hmm. kind of a little disfigured and everything. They're You know, you'll see them a lot in like Japanese style stores or, or places that just, you know, as decoration, a lot of them are used in. Kabuki theater performances and things like that. So you you, you see him a lot in, in Japanese like culture. So his face did mm. kind of remind me of an Oni mask. And I think it was mainly because of the bright red. But it also kind of reminded me of a samurai mask. Which mm. makes me wonder, were they intentionally trying to evoke kind of a samurai look to this kaijin? Because... That, it, would, for that would who, explain a few things. So for anybody who doesn't know, the, the rhinoceros beetle, the Japanese rhinoceros beetle in Japanese, it's it's called, the Japanese word is kabuto mushi. So mushi means mm-hmm. insect or bug. Kabuto means helmet. Originally, the word meant just any helmet and actually still does kind of refer to any helmet. But nowadays, kabuto specifically refers to the samurai helmet so kabuto mushi means helmet insect or helmet bug so that's what that's what a rhinoceros beetle is named in japanese and so i'm wondering if like it it was intentional to make him look almost like he's a samurai ish style i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into it no no
2: i i can see it yeah but we talked about mind control shaving cream though
0: well yeah but we talked about we talked about uh, about how in Japan cicadas are are a big deal, but rhinoceros beetles are a huge deal in Japan. Like they use rhinoceros beetles, rhinoceros beetles are using a lot of advertising. They use them for kids toys and kids things a lot. Most mm-hmm. Japanese kids Megalon. growing up. Well, yeah, Megalon is one. It's in pop culture a lot. But a lot of kids growing up in Japan will will at some point have a pet rhinoceros beetle. It's almost like a pet goldfish for us in the States. How everyone mm. or most of us have had a pet goldfish at some point in our lives. Most kids mm-hmm. in Japan have had a pet rhinoceros beetle at some point in their oh,
2: lives. Oh, so that's why the, the offer at the beginning makes sense. I knew it had to yeah. be a cultural thing. At least I figured it had to be a bit of a cultural thing thing and just in more than just simply a you know boys like to go catch bugs in the woods sort of a thing yeah
0: and you can actually go to stores and buy them like i mean they they and not even just like a pet store they have them at like supermarkets and stuff in little little boxes that you can you can take home and they even sell food for them and cages and little Hmm. like little tanks for them and stuff so like it's like a gerbil or or a goldfish Uh, here in the States, how we have those as like our first pets for young kids. That's what a rhinoceros beetle is one of those first pets in Japan.
2: Actually, now that I think about it, that actually makes sense. Uh, There was an, I'm trying to remember which Ultraman show was it? There was a 70s Ultraman show that had centered around a kid who had a pet beetle. I just saw an episode of Mirror Man that uh, was about the Mirror Man trying to keep a building that was damaged by the monster of the week from collapsing and so the human support team was running into the building and evacuating people and but the building had partially collapsed and there was a sister and her younger brother and her younger brother had a pet beetle Mm -hmm. and the brother was trying to find the beetle in the wrecked building
0: Yeah, it's, it is a, it is a thing I have seen in like the, what is it? The 100 yen, I think stores, it's essentially like the dollar store here, Mm -hmm. but in Japan where they will sell them, you know, they'll have like little, little mini plastic tanks with a rhinoceros beetle in it that you can get and you can get a little packet of food and stuff to get you started with taking care of it.
2: That's really interesting.
0: (laughs) I told you I was coming to this episode with all the fun facts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah
2: man you're doing a full march hand here dang
0: <laughs> i mean this is just stuff dang. i knew like i just knew this stuff That's- before i didn't like purposely research it i just you know it's just kind of one of those things i just know you know that this is a thing in japan and you know and the cicada thing i knew because i love cicada i love animals in general but yeah the this episode the plan of capturing the kids taking them to go hunt for, for Kabutomushis uh, or or the, the rhinoceros beetles, you know, it makes a little bit more sense when you remember that. This isn't just like a random weird thing like this. No, this is a thing that the, like kids would go out and hunt for them and find them and stuff and, and take care of them. It still doesn't change the fact that I agree with you. These kids are not being supervised and that's a little disturbing.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the fact that they... No one taught these kids about Stranger Danger at all. They were just like, What? We can go, we can ride the bus and go beetle hunting with Kamen Rider. Let's do it.
0: To be fair, Stranger Danger, even in the United States, was still a good 20 years away at this point.
2: (laughs) True. True. But like I said, you know, different time and place, but we still, it ends up still being the same thing. Kids with the eye makeup of evil. No one thought maybe we should put eyeshadow on Goro just to be safe?
0: Yeah, he's going undercover and he's the only one that doesn't have the eyeshadow. But then at the same time yeah, and I'm like,
2: guys, he's gonna get caught in two minutes.
0: But they don't at best. he doesn't. <laughs> doesn't he doesn't though.
2: <laughs> but still, mind control and child soldiers. Now we don't have The absolutely insane part of seeing children running around carrying assault rifles intent on murdering people, but they (laughs) have moved forward. They will quite top that.
0: (laughs) Now we have grenades. (laughs) (laughs) Grenades. They're going to blow up Taki with a grenade (laughs) because they capture, because Shocker captures Taki and they decide to use him as like the training, the final test for these kids to graduate from the Shocker school. Which didn't that happen the last time they did this? (laughs) Uh, Yes. Yes, they did.
2: (laughs) At this point, Taki's just got to be sitting there going, so much deja vu
0: right now. I'm having a little more deja vu than normal did you so i have to ask because this is right up your alley did you like the fact that the ambassador hell made the puns for us oh that's in the awards oh okay okay i won't i won't <laughs> that I won't is in the
2: awards that. we'll get to that we'll get to that but there's some other ones that almost made the almost made the cut like <laughs> rhino beatron declaring himself the iron man of shocker yeah <laughs> yeah
0: he does that. Although that does
2: lead to a pretty interesting action sequence, I have to say. Now, I'm not sure who the heck is controlling the microbus that Hongo's in, but he... it leads to probably, and this almost got the award, honestly, just for being unique, but there was something that did beat it out. But we get to a point where, so they 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 trap him in the bus, Hongo in the mm-hmm. bus, and then they remote control the bus onto railroad tracks, with a train coming. Yes. So, yeah, that'll kill him. But they're also saying, oh, it's also going to derail the train and kill everyone on the train.
0: Right. So even if he survives, a lot of people are going to die. And he ha- he couldn't yeah. stop it from happening. Yeah. And so that was, yeah. you
2: know. It- so Hongo transforms and then he just punches through the window. So we're kind of like, yeah, we kind of saw that coming. But then he's like, I have to get the bus out of the way of the train. So he's trying to push the bus. And I'm like, why can't you move the bus? i've seen you do feats of strength i know you can do this oh it's because rhino beatron is pushing from the other side so it turns into this contest of strength where they're trying to see who can push the bus uh you know if, if, if rohango's trying to race against gets time to push the bus out of the way while also being accosted by shocker goons and then taki shows up and tries to help out by fighting the shocker goons it's actually a really great sequence
0: yeah it's a really fantastic sequence and and I, I, like I said, I, I, I'm giving Shocker more credit for these two episodes that we're covering this week because the plans that they have seem to be a lot better than the ones we've had in, in the past couple of weeks. And putting Common Rider on a bus, locking him on the bus, and trapping the bus on the railroad track. And like I said, even if he manages to survive... The fact that the train would derail or you know be destroyed and it would kill the people on board adds another level of intensity to it and puts that weight on on Hongo of like I can save myself, but can I save everyone mm-hmm. else? I really, really liked it. It was one of my favorite moments from this week was that whole sequence on the train tracks. It's it's to me, because that's our first fight for this episode, the final fight wasn't as good like it had good moments in it but it actually was a little lackluster compared to the first fight I thought the first fight was more of a standout
2: yeah and they also tried they're trying new things in these episodes I give them credit for experimenting I'm glad that they're doing that because remember how weird and experimental those first 13 episodes were at points we're starting Mm -hmm. to see more stuff like that and we get it twice in this I think the Train and bus sequence was one of them, but I'm less impressed with what they did next. I see what they were trying to do, but it didn't really work for me. It ended up being a bit too long and a bit and wonky. And that is, there's a point where it's like a ski lift. It's not really a ski lift, but it's like a ski lift.
0: Yeah. And
2: they have the cameraman sitting in one of the cars of the ski lift thing, and Common rider is in the one ahead of him, and then there are all these shocker goons that are trying to jump at him while he's in this ski lift car and Mm -hmm. it's all one shot and it goes on yeah i mean it's got to be at least a minute or two
0: it's just one long continuous shot and and even when he jumps off the like ski lift the the person who's carrying the camera the cameraman is is still in the ski lift so you can see the camera is following him and it moves from in front to behind and yeah Mm -hmm. it, it goes to what i what i've said really been saying a lot which is i like the weird camera things that they're doing i agree with you it didn't necessarily succeed in that moment but i like that they're at least trying something different last episode the episode we did just earlier in this you know the the one with uh uh, sakena minga they did a shot that i thought was really interesting some camera work where you have common rider is fighting some of the goons up on a hill and cicada minga is down at the bottom of the hill near like right in the shot with it, you know right in front of the cameraman but he's actually the cameraman is focused on the fight that's happening so you have this kind of like in the in the close-up shot or close up to the camera, you have Cicada Minga and he's staring up at, at Common Rider while Common Rider is further away in the shot, fighting off the goons up a hill. And it's just this really nice shot compositionally. And mm-hmm. I think it's just, yeah, I thought it was really cool. So I like when they try mm-hmm. those things. So even when it doesn't succeed mm-hmm. fully, I'm glad they're at least trying.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the, Common Kamen Rider team had just made some movies for Common Rider. And I think they're trying to carry over some of that cinematic sensibilities because like mm-hmm. you know those first 13 episodes were very experimental then it was more your, your typical tv sort of cinematography then they make those movies and now we're getting back to well let's see if we can add some movie pizzazz to this mhm yeah and sometimes it works yeah. sometimes it doesn't but you know you can't fault them for trying
0: yeah is there anything else you want to cover before we move on to to our awards No, we
2: have to get to the awards now. We must. We must. Okay. Okay. So now it is time for the awards, the trademark Henshin men awards. And yes, our co-host in common, Mr. Michael Hamilton can say that these were borrowed and perfected on the power trip. Our sister podcast. We all know that, you know, he stole them. Although I'm also a co-host on that show. Can you, so can you really steal from me when I'm on both shows? I don't know how that works. Anyway, moving on. So first up, we have the Henshin Kick (laughs) Award for the best stunter fight scene. This is the one. Now, as much as I wanted to give it to the bus and train scene, I have to give it to this scene from the Cicada Minga episode because this was movie caliber stuff.
0: Yes. You don't try
2: this unless you've got the budget and you've got the talent to do it. Because you don't really see stuff like this on television. This is movie stuff. And that is, there's a point where Hongo fights Shocker Goons, n- not as common Rider, at, on, so no Henshin, untransformed, on the roof of a truck, while the truck is moving. Yes. Okay, this is Raiders of the Lost Ark stuff here.
0: Yeah. By the way, this is my award, too, for the same stunt. Mm-hmm. This stunt was I, I just was like, I had my mouth open when I was watching. I so like, this is really cool because it starts with him just holding on to the, tr- the truck and the truck kind of swerving to get him off. So he's holding on to the truck and then the goons get on top of the truck with him and he's fighting them off mm-hmm. while on this moving truck. And it's just such a really, really great. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you didn't see this in a lot of television shows back in the seventies, this was like, like, I, and, and this just shows the type of fan movie fan that I am, but like you, your mind went to Raiders of the lost Ark, which obviously, yes, this, this does kind of tie in with that. And there's a similar style in there, but my th- mind went to Jackie Chan in a police. What was it? Police story.
2: Police story.
0: Yeah. That he did in that movie, he did a stunt similar to this riding on a bus and he was holding onto the bus and it was such a intense stunt. They were like the, the everyone I remember uh, watching some behind the scenes stuff and them talking, like commentary talking about this and he and the crew we're all so focused to make sure that this stunt went well, because this was something that not many people did, like, you know, hang on to moving vehicles and stuff. They mm-hmm. would either they mm-hmm. would they would usually have the vehicle be stationary and move the background behind them or something like that to make make it look like they were moving. But he was actually hanging on to a moving vehicle. So the fact that they were doing it in Common Rider is just a like, whoa, I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Now it comes really close to kind of seeing the seams because you can tell that the stunt actors who are playing the shocker goons are trying very hard not to fall off. Right. But that makes sense in universe. Cause I think in you know, they would also in real life, the shocker goons will be trying not to fall off, but there are a couple of points where the shocker goons do fall off of the truck, but that's done through clever editing so that they can cut to different shots of the shocker goons hitting the ground. Yeah. So, uh, but I was just like, oh my gosh, they're actually doing this. This is dangerous work.
0: And let's not forget that right in the middle of this, Taki comes riding up on his motorcycle alongside this moving truck. He jumps up and stands up on the seat of his motorcycle and leaps onto the door of this moving vehicle
2: that was the Raiders of the Lost Ark moment for me, you know, where he gets in there he's punching the driver out. And...
0: Right. Yeah. So it's just like all of it, yeah. all of it, not just Hongo gonna on top. I'm going to tell you top, this right now. But this talky. is.
2: Yeah. I, um... Anyway. The, what, this, what was for that? Me, I missed that. Uh, it was just me grunting at your joke. Anyway. So for me, I didn't say a joke. What did I say? It has to be uh, to Hongo on top of Talkie? I
0: oh, I did not say that on purpose. <laughs> I said, I said, I said. Let's not just. It wasn't just Hongo on top of the truck, but it was also the stunt that taki was doing that made oh, this okay. whole thing. I, I, I could have swore you said Dongo on top of taki Anyway, no. I was good.
2: I like, was trying to say that this <laughs> is like it. This is like top five maybe even top three best action sequences i've seen on this show
0: yes and i most don't definitely. know what
2: can t- i don't know what can eclipse this because this is like i said we've seen stuff like this in other media but the fact that this was done on a relatively low budget television show in the early 70s in japan yep. good grief
0: yeah absolutely Absolutely. This is one
2: of the. Th- it, this is the most ambitious action sequence I've seen on this show for sure.
0: Yeah, it's up there for sure. It's definitely up there. I think. I think that there was another one where either Hayato or Taki were hanging on to a helicopter as it started to lift off. That was yes. also a very ambitious one. So yeah, they've had a few, but this was yeah. To me, right now, this is the top one that we've had so far. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And now
2: for Taken Toku, the best special effect. This one almost went to the WTH award, but I decided to give it to this because it's a pretty good effect, but it's also incredibly weird. Cicada Minga drinks people through a straw-like mouth, and when I say drinks them, I don't mean like drinks their blood. I mean like he takes everything. These people deflate like balloons because we see his you know, random hiker guy gets caught by him. He bites him in the neck and just starts sucking him up. And then you just see the clothes deflate like a balloon. So I'm like, hold on. You're telling me he basically pureed this guy? Ew.
0: Ew. Again, cicadas Ugh. don't do that. <laughs> I think I you're think thinking so of weird, spiders. That's
2: the only time he does it. I think he threatens to do it later. Yeah. But he never does it again. But like, why? The killer sound waves are enough. Why? Why this?
0: Yeah, why that one almost made this award, too, for me, because that was a really neat effect of the person deflating and kind of just disappearing. (laughs) Uh, Is that what you had? No, no, no. Actually, my award for this one is the first time that Cicada Minga uses his deadly sound waves, at least... The first time he uses them to the extreme level that he does because in Hongo's apartment, we actually see glass breaking and cracking and shattering because of the sound. The walls start crumbling. The roof starts coming down all because of the intensity of the sound waves coming from Cicada Minga. And that the fact that the room was just crumbling and the, and the neat kind of almost stop motion style effect that they did for the glass to show it kind of cracking and shattering. Mm -hmm. It was just all, all together was such a cool special effect that I just had to put it all lump together into one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This begs the question,
2: do you think his building has Kaijin insurance?
0: I mean, if you live in Tokyo, you got to have some kind of monster, Evil organization taking over the world type uh, uh, <laughs> insurance. Shocker because...
2: sells insurance for damages it causes.
0: Yeah, that would shocker that would make sense. Sells
2: insurance for itself.
0: Yep, that would make sense. That
2: sounds like that sounds like a very uh, a very kind of Shocker plan to do, doesn't it? It does. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's extortion or stupidity.
0: Yeah. A little bit of both.
2: <laughs> Probably. Anyway, and now for comment at you for the best line. We had hinted at it. The show is making the jokes for us now. They've been doing that. That's happened a couple of times now, I think. And again, I don't know if this is the subtitlers having a little bit of fun or if this is actually what is being said. It's just punny in English as opposed to Japanese. But Ambassador Hell himself makes the, uh, gets the award this week for me from the Rhino-Beatron episode where he is explaining the evil plan after Rhino-Beatron calls in and is like, hey, I got some kids and I used Beatles and Common Rider to do it. And he says, ah, ah, ah. once we produce the Shocker School's first graduating class, we'll create Shocker Schools all over the world and really shock the adults
0: i like that ambassador hell seems to be more like like jokey than than any of the other villains <laughs> <laughs> he's
2: got a little bit more of a sense of humor he's a happier super villain <laughs> okay. yeah <laughs> what do you have that could possibly top that?
0: Okay. So common writer and Taki realize that there's deadly sound waves coming from this truck and they follow this truck all the way out to the lumberyard. They fight off the goons and then they say, Oh, the deadly sound waves must be coming from whatever's in the back of this truck. Let's see what it is. They pull back the, the curtain. They reveal that it's Cicada Minga. It's a Kaijin. And Hongo says, so you're the one that's creating the deadly sound waves. To which Cicada Minga says, took you long enough to realize it. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I considered that one. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you- it took you this long to figure it out. <laughs> I
2: mean, I think they were at least suspicious that there was a kaijin involved with this. But, you know, they're like, I don't know. Maybe it could be shocker. It's probably shocker. And, you know, you know what? I'm with Cicada Minga on this one.
0: (laughs) Yep. Took you long enough.
2: Yeah. Took you long enough. For sure. For sure. And now for one of our favorite awards, WTH, what the henshin for the craziest moment. Okay. We hit it at it both of us. This would never happen on American television. We talked before about the children of the Shockhorn learning how to use assault rifles with the intent of murdering adults. That's one thing. But the littlest common Kenny, just because he was dressed up a little bit like Common Rider and was riding his little baby cyclone, Because the kids have been brainwashed to see Common Writer as their enemy, they see him, surround him, make the little shocker noises, and they talk about how they. I don't think they say kill him, but they're like, they're like, they are intent on getting this child just because he's a Common Writer fanboy. Because they can't tell the difference, apparently. They do. Okay, we had children. A horde of children who came within a hair's breath of murdering another child, if not for the intervention of Taki.
0: This poor little kid, I swear. <laughs> I, I was expecting after it was all said and done for them to go and find him and be like, look, see, we were, you know, everything's good. Common writer saved your friends, and now you're all friends again, and and they're all, you know, and, and everything. No. No, they never do that. So this little kid is just traumatized that his friends that he was hanging out with earlier were planning on murdering him.
2: He's going to be in therapy dealing with PTSD until he's out of high school.
0: Bare oh, minimum. The poor little kid. He was so cute in his little Common Rider costume with the helmet and riding his little oh, yeah. tricycle thing. He was so cute. Yeah, and then these kids, they were going to, it's like the story of every nerd
2: ever, right? You, you show up to school dressed like your favorite superhero and suddenly everyone wants to murder you.
0: Right. <laughs>
2: I just, what? Wait, so we nearly had children murdering, murdering another child. I didn't know could, you could possibly get more disturbing than having children attempting to murder adults. Now we have children who you know, had the attention of murdering another child. Yep.
0: Dang, damn it, show. (laughs) Yep. Like you said, would not have passed on American television. (sighs) Godzilla, dang it, show. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I know we say
2: that the show is not as dark as it was in those first 13 episodes, you know, with the blood
0: of puppies and virgins, but sheesh. (laughs) Yeah, it gets there. It gets there. Speaking of which, my award... Talking about something that never will, would pass on American television. Shocker goes all scanners. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the goons has his head exploded <laughs> by the sound waves from Cicada Minga. Oh. <laughs> and this is a kid show, people. It's or kid. at least a family it was, show it was so crazy that's the spiral kind of thing to signify the sound waves hitting him and then you know obviously it's it's like a fake it's a dummy body because it cuts to a dummy body but still it's dressed up like a shocker goon it's supposed to be a shocker goon and all of a sudden his head just explodes I'm like what is happening <laughs> This show, dude.
2: This show.
0: (laughs) 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 Oh, man. It's uh, great.
2: Talk about it a little bit more in a minute to henshin it. (laughs) This is the part of the show where we give our final thoughts in one minute or less. Are you ready, Travis? I think
0: so. All right. Have fun. Go. Who was it that di- who who was it that directed scanners? Was it Cronenberg? Was Cronenberg who did scanners? Yes, pretty sure. It was okay, Cronenberg. so yeah, Keep this talking, is this I'll is confirm. this is another example of how either either it's like lateral thinking or, or not lateral thinking, but like similar thinking, or just, or maybe Cronenberg yes, was Cronenberg. inspired. Maybe Cronenberg was inspired by this because we talked about. I mean, I thought I thought Shin common or common writer Shin. Prologue was the Cronenberg version of Kamen Ray, but turns out the original one also had some Cronenberg moments. <laughs> uh- <laughs> But no, these episodes were fun. I loved both the monsters, but I especially loved the Cicada Mingo one. That one stood out the most to me for the camera work, for the stunt, for the special effects, the stunt work especially. I talked about a couple of we- for a couple of weeks in a row that the pyrotechnics guys were the stars of the show. This week it was the stunt guys. The stunt coordinators were the and stars. And time! I was done anyway. You actually went a, the full minute! Well, that's because I was trying to figure out whether Cronenberg was the director or not. <laughs> that's why I did it for you. I was like 45 oh seconds there.
2: <laughs> excuses, excuses. All right, my I was turn. done. I still so, finished on time. <laughs> yes, you did still finish a time. Yes, we can agree on that. We can agree on that. But yes, I have to say, I've, I've been getting into a routine with Henshin Men. You know, you, you know, this happens a lot when you're podcasting. You settle into a routine, particularly when it's something like this, where you're talking about the same show week in, week out. You get into a little bit of a rhythm. You also start picking up on the formulas and everything for the show. And then the show decides to throw you some crazy curveballs like these two episodes as you were saying, this cicada Minga episode in particular is incredibly ambitious. Basically tries to be a mini movie at points. And I'm just like, you know what? Congratulations. You still find ways to surprise me. And your ambition just it's astonishing. Truly, truly astonishing. Got it. <laughs> Probably could have gone on longer, but I had to wrap it up. So there you go. <laughs> ah yeah. uh, this is a high bar I don't know if the if the next episodes or whatever are going to be able to touch it
0: I don't know I don't know but we'll see we'll see and yes yeah, to close out this episode we're gonna say I think I said yas did I just say yas Yas. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Henshin, man. A Tokusatsu Appreciation Podcast. (laughs) See, you can tell I read this live and it's not edited in. (laughs) (laughs) You can find links to all of our social media in the description of this episode. You can listen to more of me on the Kaiju Weekly Podcast. And listen to more of Nathan on the Monster Island Film Vault and the Power Trip, our sister, podcast on the kaiju ramen podcasting network if you found something where i from promise pod-
2: you i don't wear a wig only sometimes only sometimes
0: Anyway, <laughs> and if you want to find out more about Power Trip or Kaiju Weekly or anything that Kaiju Ramen Media is doing, you can check out kaijuramenmedia.com. And if you found some enjoyment from this podcast, consider giving us a five star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podchaser. And until next time, what are we going to say, Nathan?
2: Next week, we're discussing the weirdest Kaiju film ever Henshin Godzilla.
1: This podcast is part of the Kaiju Ramen Podcasting Network and is copyright 2022 Kaiju Ramen Media LLC.